0: welcome back to the ideas podcast I'm Daniel Lazar the founder and faculty advisor to JFK's ideas and we have a special episode today special for a great many reasons most notably that I am at a table with five extraordinary young people Students, or alumni, of the John F. Kennedy School, let me briefly introduce, first of all, welcome to the podcast, Josie Reamer.
1: Hi, it's nice to be here.
0: It's nice to have you, and next to Josie, we have Ophelia, hi. What's up? What's up, Ophelia? And the president, the president of our student council, one of the two presidents, James Simonowitz. James, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: And podcast royalty legit. One-time host of the JFK Ideas podcast, Jacob Reuter, Ophelia's brother. Usually, you're just known for being Ophelia's brother, but in my world, you're known for being an Ideas podcaster. Jacob, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, it's good to be back. It's good to have you. And first time on the podcast? First time, right? Second time. Second time. What was the first one?
3: Um, it was a discussion about pronoun usage I think in like 10th grade.
0: Okay well then in that case (laughs) not that I feel guilty about it maybe a little bit. (laughs) Moss Fernandez. Moss welcome back to the podcast.
3: Thank you. It's good to
0: have you all here. This is really exciting. Uh, Today we're going to be exploring academic anxiety, academic stress at JFK. Before we do I have a little bit of business to tend to. First of all I want to give a shout out A hearty, heartfelt thanks to Dr. Joseph Curtis. Dr. Curtis made a very generous donation to JFK's Ideas at buymeacoffee.com slash JFK's Ideas. Thank you, Dr. Curtis. And if you're listening to this and if you support the mission of Ideas, please do head over to buymeacoffee.com slash JFK's Ideas. We've linked to it in the show notes. Um, every little bit helps. We're trying to buy a new microphone that's good for these conversations and we also want to buy a banner, an ideas banner. I would also like to thank the host of our podcast here, Scott Williams, aka Sad Eagle. Scott is my neighbor and he's out of town and he let us use his his house to record. And so we're sitting at his table, so shout out Sad Eagle. He actually, I don't know if you all know this, he he's a dj as you saw the thousands of records in the other room he also did a mix for jfks ideas for one of our episodes a couple years ago so sad eagle has been a supporter of our work for years what else do we have any other business to tend to ophelia you would know you would know if there's any business am i forgetting i am Um, i know yes you read my mind you read what's left of my mind great minds think alike and apparently ours do also um you if you're listening to this you should definitely check out the newest issue of the ideas journal the jfks report card where students write on a variety of themes based around the problems that they see at our school and the solutions they have to make it a more equitable place a place for all students so check that out we will link to the journal in the show notes to this podcast okay that's all the business we need to tend to. I am really eager. I'm excited. I'm a little bit scared as my daughter would say. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm very curious to hear what you all have to say about the state of academic anxiety at the Kennedy School. Josie, if it's okay with you, I would just like to start with you just because you're sitting immediately to my left. Josie, you've been at the school forever. Um, you're a stellar student. I wonder what you make of the state of academic anxiety at JFK.
1: Um, I definitely think it's a very like prominent issue, especially everyone I talk to at school seems to have some sort of academic scre- stress going on, um, whether it be from their classes or even from after-school activities that the school offers. I think it's really important that we're discussing this because I think a lot of students can relate to it either from pressure from their parents or from students around them or just the general
4: climate from teachers at JFK.
0: Ophelia, what's your read?
4: Well, I think it's important to first of all, say that everybody's experience is going to be different also because of other personal um, outside influences and all of that. And for me personally, having been at this school since day one, I have nothing to compare it to. No other school, no other school system or anything, no other country. Um, But I do think that what I've noticed at JFK is that despite there being a lot of support systems, the support doesn't really seem to come through or at least in my own experience with um I don't want to diagnose it as academic anxiety but to just label it as that because that's what this episode is about with my own experience with that um and with that stress and seeing what other people go through I feel like what JFK as a school um and the JFK as students really struggle with is just this immense pressure that we put on ourselves but that is definitely also put on us
0: Before we go on, I had meant to say this in the introduction, and I think it's critically important that I share this, that our listeners hear this. I don't know how well you all will take to this, but to me, this is a statement of fact. The people with whom I'm sharing this conversation at this table right now aren't necessarily a representative sample of students at JFK. First of all, there's only five of you, so how could you possibly be representative? But secondly, and more to the point, you are all stellar students, you're very hardworking. you're very clever you're very capable you're very very successful students each and every one of you and so our listeners can probably bear in mind that we're going to have this discussion we're going to do our best we're going to do it with empathy for students who might not thrive the way you all do academically um, but just as a, a caveat and an important note you know we're doing our best here right james You're doing your best. What do you make of the state of academic anxiety at JFK, Mr. President?
2: Well, I think what Ophelia said about the support getting through is very telling. I think what we have at JFK is something that I've heard called the Ivy League pain contest. Sort of in the context of Ivy League schools, you have students who feel it's a symbol of social status to be suffering, really. To be overworked. Um, One of the clearest illustrations of this, something we've probably all observed, is students bragging about how little sleep they got, right? I think something that can't be overlooked when we talk about academic anxiety is the fact that academic anxiety in certain social circles is cool
0: at JFKS. For better, and I think maybe for worse, as you're pointing it out.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's sort of pushes people to try and achieve but it pushes them to achieve in a way that they know isn't good for them because the the hurt really the the hurt of the negative effects is uh is a social status symbol
5: i mean i have to say i fully agree with james i think it's a it's a very salient point um to sort of zoom out a little bit for me because i'm not at this kennedy school anymore but i have very very uh vivid memories of the stress, I wonder to what extent it's an issue specific to our school versus a broader generational mindset, because I think an anxious mindset can attach itself to many things. I wonder if the Kennedy School wasn't the cause of student stress, if they would find another cause. That doesn't necessarily invalidate their anxieties, but I wonder if uh, our solution approach should change based on that.
0: We definitely can uh, come back to exactly that. Thank you for bringing that up. And last but surely not least, Moss, what do you make of the situation?
3: Um, Well, it's like everyone has said, it's very obvious and I think prominent and also how there's a certain competitiveness between like how stressed you are and how that's a social status. Like James said, it certainly contributes to it and it uh, becomes almost it's like normal like if you're not stressed in school I think then you're like you're already like setting yourself apart almost um also kind of to what Ophelia said um I don't really I also don't really have a comparison um between this school like in high school and any other school but I also wonder how the stress at JFK compares to other schools within Berlin or Germany wide like is it is it just our school or is it also with maybe just how the school system works in berlin or germany and like i don't know i don't know to what degree the um academic anxiety is unique to jfk so
0: and nobody here does that would be a great set of data points to bring into the conversation but i wasn't nearly that studious i did however uh, make the effort to survey our student body. Uh, This data is available in our most recent edition of the ideas journal. We have a pretty big sample. We had 250 students who responded to this survey. Um, That's something like a third of our grade seven through 12 student body, which is a, a very big sample right like if we were to survey americans i'd be like surveying a hundred million americans so we which never happens right so this is proportionately speaking a great sample size but it's not necessarily random right these are students who chose to open up an i uh, an email from ideas and they chose to take the survey so that's the downside of this data the upside is it's a huge sample can i share with you just briefly here the the data and you all have seen this but just for our listeners so the first prompt is uh, JFK's school culture actively promotes severe academic anxiety. We're split on this. About fifty-five percent of students say that we we do actively promote severe anxiety. Twenty uh, percent strongly agree. Thirty-five percent agree. Thirty-seven uh, percent disagree. So you know, more than half the students agree or strongly agree that the school culture actively promotes academic anxiety. The second prompt, I experience severe anxiety about my academic success at JFK. So it was a personal question. 30% often experience severe academic anxiety. We underline the word severe. So this is the problem. 30% of students experience severe academic anxiety um, another 35% sometimes experience severe. So, again, 55 to 45, consistent with the last prompt. The next one I experience burnout as a direct result of my academic work. 30% often feel burnt out as a direct result of their academic experience. Another 33% are sometimes burned out. So, 62% of our students. Are often or sometimes burnt out. Two more. I am pressured by my family to succeed academically. 45% agree, 10% strongly agree. So 55% of students agree that they're pressured by their family, 45 disagree. I am pressured by my friends to succeed. 24% agree. 5% strongly agree. So about 30% of students agree that their friends pressure them. So parents seem to be a greater pressure than friends, according to the data we have here. That's a lot of data to chew on. I'm sure our listeners are chewing on it. You all have seen this data before. You've thought about it. What are your thoughts? Moss.
3: Um, just a question that came up when I was looking at the data was specific, um, specifically for the um, family stress. I wondered if part of that could be due to the demographic of people who go to the school because most, I, I think most people's parents are, have some form of higher education. And even if the parents do not intend to pressure their kids into also getting higher education or succeeding in that way, I think that could also definitely put pressure on kids to follow their parents' path, which is kind of normal for kids to want to follow in their parents' footsteps, but that might also contribute to the like 50% who said they have a lot of pressure from family.
1: So I kind of wanted to add to the demographic that you were talking about. I think also a really interesting factor that I was thinking about, because my mom is also an elementary school teacher and I've had conversations with her I mean, I assume to a lesser extent there's an academic anxiety pressure in the elementary school, but um, I've definitely heard from a lot of parents, teachers, et cetera, that um, they won't be sending their kids to JFK or they'll be taking their kids out of JFK at some point because their kid has a learning disability or isn't as much of an independent learner. Um, And I think that's also very telling of our school that we don't have support systems to help these people that need a little bit of extra support and that like most people at JFK are really very independent, very driven and motivated, and that might be part of the reason that there's so much like academic anxiety and stress because teachers also are aware of this.
2: James. I mean, I think that we certainly can look at to what extent it comes from within the community. I think that what also can't be taken for granted is that Most of our students are interested in going to university. I think if we were to do a poll of the JFK student body, do you intend to go to college? We'd get a super majority saying yes. And many people, this isn't a majority anymore, but this is a significant segment, are highly ambitious and aren't just planning to go to university. They're focused on a few universities, and those universities have gotten extremely competitive. And so I think we can talk about to what extent it is misplaced and I think we always want to strive to be a place where people don't need to feel anxious and obviously anxiety doesn't help you get into a good college but I think this is in response to the fact that these colleges have gotten a lot harder to get into we have more people who want to get into them we have more people who start thinking about it younger due to social media and then when you're constantly thinking about, oh, I need to get into this school where only 5% of people get in, I need to be in the top five, of course you feel a bit of pressure there.
5: Yeah, I want to extend that sort of thought also, um, specifically for the JFKS landscape, um, because I think it goes beyond just grades, because JFKS, and I think this is one of the beautiful things about it, but it's also a dangerous thing. It offers so many extracurricular activities and means to be engaged Otherwise, like us, for example, right now, um, hanging out on a Saturday recording a podcast, I think that's a very good thing. I think we're doing, um, it, it's very helpful to our academic development, but it can also become an addiction, I think. And you have kids who have perfect GPAs with so many extracurricular activities that they have to print a second page of your report card to even credit them all. I think that can quickly turn into a sickness, and especially viewing um, your peers and how they do all these things for, um, like, like James said, for um, college credit. I think it's, uh yeah, it can be a very slippery slope. Uh, and just real quick about the peers, I think the last
2: data point we had said that, like, most people compared to parents, they don't think of their friends as putting pressure on them. I think we have to validate what people are saying at the same time. I think that when people picture my friends pressure me to do well in school, they picture their friends in a circle chanting, like, Study, study, study. (laughs) And that's not how, um, I don't think that's how pressure works. Like if we think about all the other things we're pressured to be by our friends, it isn't direct. It's sort of, it happens through unspoken social cues and environments. And so I think that friends and peers, frankly, do play a bigger role than we think they do.
0: So you take issue with the 30% of students who say that their friends pressure them. You think it might be higher if they were to sort of feel uh, a a broader sort of sense of what peer pressure might look like, yeah? Yes. Joseph?
1: I was going to kind of add on to what James said, just to give kind of an example that I've seen a lot. Um, Sharing grades, I think, is one example of this, where people compare what they got, and I think that's a big... Um, academic pressure from your friends. And another one I've seen a lot is expecting certain grades from certain people. And I think that's also definitely an academic pressure. Telling a person, oh yeah, well of course you got a one, you get a one every time. is just like definitely an academic stressor for them to want to continue to like be this model student that their peers see them as. Or vice versa, if someone is continuously getting a bad grade, it seems to be what their friends think of them, they may not end up changing.
0: Moss and Ophelia, I see you. Josie, I have a quick follow-up mm-hmm. question for you. You are my student. I'm grateful to have you as a student. I think you're splendid. You know that in my classes, I refuse to let students compare grades. I will not I, like I I will I will bark at them if they talk about what they got. Even if they're joking about like how poorly they did. Oops, I didn't study for that. I will not have students talk about grades in my class. Would other teachers be advised to do the same or is this just sort of like part of school culture and what's the difference if you do it in the classroom or do it in the hallway? Am I doing the right thing? Am I misguided? Would you advise other teachers to do the same? Would you advise me to do differently?
1: I think what you're doing is very good. I like agree with the method. I don't think that it's super effective even if teachers <laughs> were to implement it. I mean, it's very unfortunate, of course, but I think students are going to want to share their grades no matter what and especially... I feel like there's somewhat of a competitive nature to it in some way, and so there isn't exactly a way for teachers, or maybe it's just like the way the culture has progressed, but I feel like right now there's not really a way for teachers to mitigate this sort of like competitiveness between students, like even if- All I can say is like, not in my house, yeah? Yeah. Moss.
3: Um, I just wanted to share another example that I've seen a lot about a more subtle way, I think, that people have, like, supported academic anxiety, like, amongst their friends, is when, like, someone's stressing about their grade, and their friend will say, don't worry about it, like, you'll do fine, or if it, even if it's a low grade, it doesn't matter that much, like, things like that, but then when that same person gets a lower grade, they shame themselves about it, and they'll shame themselves in front of their friends about it, too, so it's, there's, like, a hypocritical aspect to it, almost, and it, I think that also promotes kind of putting up a front about academic like academic anxiety and saying, and it kind of also says that you shouldn't show your academic anxiety to an extent. Um, but yeah, that was just another example that I've seen a lot that could also contribute to people feeling pressured by their friends.
0: Ophelia.
4: Yeah, I just have a quick thing that sort of adds to that as well. I think that generally for everybody, um, how well they do or their performance should be seen kind of relatively like what's a really big success for one person might be average for another person and that's okay everyone has different strengths especially if we look at different subjects I mean some people are more into sciences others are more into politics so it's all relative you can't say I'm overall just a good student I mean some people can say that but you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But I think the issue at JFK or what I've noticed at JFK, I don't know if this is the same at other schools, is that it's just, you know, you're trying to shoot for the ones and twos and nothing else matters. Are you interested in science at all? It doesn't matter if you don't get a one or two. And I think that's the issue because, you know, someone, I keep bringing up this example, but someone really into sciences will be at a three, maybe two minus in politics and will possibly shame themselves just because they're not As good in every subject as they are in their favorite ones and i think that that might also contribute to it because the whole idea of enforcing your strengths and just trying to work on your weaknesses doesn't really work in school you just try to be perfect and that's that just causes a lot of anxiety
0: so there's a couple different moving pieces in this conversation and maybe I could ask you like a really direct question because it's kind of I feel like we're in this like kind of like nailing jello to the wall situation. Let's try to like get concrete about something. I want to get a sense in a very concrete way as to whether we would see teachers, classmates or parents as the primary source of academic anxiety at this school. I'm going to take a poll of you now. You have to pick your first, your second, your third. Are you ready? You got it? You got your first, your second, and third? The first is the the primary cause of academic anxiety. Secondary cause and tertiary cause. You ready? Who among you thinks that the teachers are the primary cause? Two out of five people here think that teachers are the primary cause. Who thinks that parents are the primary cause? two of you, and who thinks that the student body, classmates, one of you, and the one person who thinks that students are the primary cause of academic anxiety is our alumnus, who's had some time to reflect on this. I'm gonna ask you a question about that, Jacob, because you're the one, but I do want to get a sense from the other four what your number two is. If you all think that teachers are the number one, Ophelia, Josie, teachers are the problem, what's your number two? Is it students? Yes. Yeah. Both of you think it's students. James, Moss, what's your number two?
3: Um, mine was teachers.
0: Teachers, so you go parents and then teachers, James? I was really torn between
2: uh, students and parents, so it's students in a very close second.
0: Okay, so the answers in this particular sample of five students are all over the board. (laughs) That did nothing whatsoever (laughs) to to get the jello to stick to the wall. But Jacob, I am such a Jacob Reuter fanboy. I'm so glad that you're here. You were so great on the podcast. You were my student for three years. You're a stellar student, a wonderful person. And you've had a chance to look back on JFK, and in your experience, you seem pretty confident that students were the primary cause of academic stress and anxiety. So go on and victim blame, sir. Better you than me.
4: <laughs>
5: well, I think um, it's close. I think it, it's very situation dependent. I don't want to, uh, I want to be clear that when I say that students are the primary cause, they're not the only cause. Um, and I've definitely had situations where teachers, for example, were the primary cause of my stress. but. I think something that we're really underestimating, and correct me if this is not a trend anymore, but this definitely was in my grade, friend groups align along grades pretty clearly. By grades, I mean academic grades, not grade levels. So generally, you'd have friend groups that have a, a very high academic standard, and then ones that are maybe a bit more relaxed, and that can create a lot of stress. Because s- normally, in a, you know, if you saw the student body as a whole, well, getting a three plus or two minus should be totally totally fine. I mean, that's, you know, middle, you did, you did what you could and uh, you more than passed. But if you're in certain friend groups, well, even a two plus could be considered a, you know, sort of a weak performance. Um, and that sort of mindset gets internalized very quickly. Um, I don't think students are doing this on purpose. Uh, I'd be really curious to actually think about more why these sort of social groups form along grades. But I think it's definitely, it's definitely something that we need to consider because I think it's also very true that the amount of academic stress does not increase based on how low your grades are. If anything, I think people with higher grades have more academic stress and stress more about grades than failing students, for example. James? I
2: mean, I have seen this trend to a certain extent. But I would, in my experience, and I could also imagine that this changes as you get older. But my experience as a ninth grader, this isn't a huge trend. When I think about my friend group, smaller group of friends, pretty varied you know five people myself included you have people who are like one two students two three students four or five students it's mixed larger friend groups sort of reflect that as well what i do think is that there you have to think about what these friendships form around if you get to a point where friendships are forming around something like extracurricular activities which i also have like my mun friends That, friend group, I'd completely agree with Jacob.
0: So what I'm really trying to push into here, and I hope I'm not pushing too hard, is the question of the degree to which students are fostering, reinforcing academic anxiety. That there's sort of a feedback loop among the students and I again I don't want to be a victim blamer and I don't want to engage in too much tough talk about it but I will say I often see students in not so subtle ways reinforcing academic anxiety and that's not me taking you know my culpability out of the equation you know I take some amount of pride in offering rigorous curricula being a challenging teacher i offer probably you know 30 or 50 percent less homework than i did five years ago sorry jacob uh for better and for worse i'm very conscious of this i'm very concerned about it this is why i'm here participating in this conversation but there are very few days that go by where i don't bear witness to students pressuring one another. And so I want to get some insight from the fine folks at this table about the degree to which my perception is a reality or if I'm just off the mark, I want to get some sense of why that is if it is indeed a reality and most importantly, perhaps I wanna get a sense of what is to be done to the extent to which my perception of students reinforcing academic anxiety is in fact a reality.
5: Um, I have a couple of things to say about that, but first I think I wanna sort of address something that was embedded in what you were saying. Um, I think a large part of academic anxiety doesn't actually come from the amount of work and more the response to what happens when that work is completed to a sufficient extent. Students are very uh, capable of doing large amounts of work, but I think the problem starts coming in when they get scared of uh, not pleasing the or not not meeting the expectations of their fellow students or of their teachers. And I think this is where teachers also have a really interesting role because they're not like professors, where it's a completely distant person who you don't care about. Especially in, as you get older and you get into eleventh and twelfth grade, there's a personal relationship that builds there as well. And I think it's a very universal experience of that awful feeling of failing an exam with your favorite teacher. Because you feel like a disappointment. And I think that's where the academic stress comes in. I don't think it's because they have too much homework. That's my opinion.
4: Ophelia. Just as a response to that, I think I think it's difficult because I know that teachers have to get through a specific curriculum and the issue is that if we're stressed in one subject another subject, another teacher can't just say, oh, well, then I guess I won't do any work with you guys because that's just not how the school system works, unfortunately. But I think that what you're saying, Jakob, it's it's very valid. And this is something that teachers need to consider because there are certain things that aren't necessarily excuses for not getting the homework done. But I think that there's certain things that students just deal with in their personal life that they shouldn't have to and shouldn't and definitely don't want to uh, talk about or have to explain I mean if I don't get some sort of math homework done or something because I had a really mentally draining weekend that's not something that I can or want to explain to a teacher and it's something that happens unexpectedly it's not like a different um it's not like some sort of event I was going to it's not something I can plan around it's not something I can prepare for and although if that happens too often it can pose a problem for one's academic life I'd say or for a specific subject I just think that it needs to be taken seriously and it shouldn't be dismissed as a weak excuse
0: absolutely absolutely
2: James yeah so I think Speaking to the uh the homework thing that uh Ophelia addressed as well and and Jacob, I think in terms of the amount of homework in the Mittelstufe, particularly in grades nine through ten, it's manageable, frankly, only because we have teachers that assign way less homework than they should to get through the curriculum. If you think about the fact we tend to have twelve, thirteen classes we're in, right? And then the only way that we're able to stay on top of this is because generally a fair portion of the teachers really aren't assigning us enough homework to to get through things. And I do think that homework, like obviously no one's really a fan of it, but it's, it's something that's important. But I mean, if you think about like, for example, I take four languages, maybe one and a half of my teachers assign enough homework to be able to actually get through the curriculum we should be getting through for that year. That's why it's possible. And I think this gets at this sort of larger issue of the fact that at grades seven through 10 that you just take way, way too many classes. It's an absurd amount of classes to be taking.
0: Jacob would be heartened to know that our middle school program demands much less homework post-pandemic, yeah. air quotes, post-pandemic than when you were a student, for better and for worse. I will say that that has led to, in my experience, that much bigger of a jump from grades 10 to 11, whether students are joining the Obby or the diploma program. There's a, a bit of a reality check because they are getting much less homework than they used to, about which I'm ambivalent, just putting it out there. Moss and Ophelia.
3: Um, I just want to say that I do think students to an extent definitely foster a environment where academic anxiety is seen as normal and um, like the baseline and that there are instances where they will create like what you said, like loops, like feedback loops where like there's no way out of it. Like we've talked about, we talked about it briefly before about just different examples about how like within friend groups, they can even accidentally and unintentionally um put pressure on their friends i also think it's worth noting though that kids do not just pick up this behavior i think there's definitely an amount of modeling or they just pick it up subconsciously even from parents and teachers and that's not to shift the blame away entirely from some of the feedback loops within student conversations but it is worth noting
4: I definitely agree. Just quickly to add to that, I also think, um, I mean, in my personal experience, I am definitely not in any sort of toxic friend group that is in any way imposing something on me, pressuring me into something, but still that pressure is present in some ways. And so I definitely agree with you, most that that is a behavior and a sort of atmosphere that's definitely been at least somehow um, orchestrated by other involved parties, if you can say it like that. Um, Just to come back to sort of the conversation that um, I was having with James and bring it home to the key question of how students are now involved, because we were obviously talking a lot about teachers and how they sort of how they uh, work with stress and with homework and all that. Like I said, every student has a different, every person has a different personal life and different personal struggles. And during different times of their life, Uh, it depends on the day, it depends on the week or whatever, they go through different things. And so I think when you compare yourself to another student who's getting all of their work done, getting good grades, maybe is even in another extracurricular successful, you know, model student, and you compare yourself to them in any given week, and say, oh, well, I didn't get my work done for this class. And I couldn't attend any meetings of my extracurriculars because I couldn't manage and also I have these other issues, then that is something that causes an immense amount of pressure, I would say, and a lot of stress because it's, you know, it's human to compare yourself to other people and to then get the feeling of, oh, well, if they can do it, why can't I? This isn't even a solution-oriented uh, oriented comment that I'm making because I don't know, but I think the main thing, and this is much easier said than done, but the main thing is just to you know, sort of take a deep breath and consider that they might be feeling the same way. They might be or they're definitely comparing themselves to other people and they definitely have hard days as well. And so you really just have to try to go at your own pace, which is very difficult in a school setting.
0: Well, on that note of empathy, which I genuinely appreciate. Thank you so much, Ophelia. And with that sort of teaser, that idea that we should be solutions oriented, I kind of feel like we have so much more to talk about. Would you all be willing to turn this into a two-part episode, maybe take a little break, come back, and talk about some of these tough questions and actually think a little bit more seriously about solutions? Would you all be game for that? Yes. All right, cool. Well, in that case, thank you all for this part. Again, Dr. Curtis, thank you for your support. Scott Williams, a.k.a. Sad Eagle, thanks for letting us have your house slash studio. If you're listening to this, if you like this conversation, definitely come back for part two. And if you're really enjoying this conversation, you're finding it tremendously edifying. That's buymeacoffee.com slash ideas. We link to it in the show notes. Part two coming right up. Dun dun dun.
3: <laughs> nice.